Final score is in. Is it Andy? Pat zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Millennials one. Oh. <laughs> so read a sign posted on the outside of Vespa Kitchen uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Sure. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, ostensibly by Pat Duran himself. That's right. I went easy on the guy. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, in I'd my say opinion, you talked him up a little bit. Yeah. I. I only read his own words, mm-hmm. and those are the things that, that came off positively. Sure. Uh, which is, was my intent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to get into... And I also said there was nothing salacious. That was also a lie, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no amount of pettiness can erase the man's deeds to the homeless veterans. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and that is a wonderful thing. I think some amount of salaciousness could... At least put a damper on it, but uh, let, let, let's he, get into all of he's it. He's also made significant uh, and huge contributions to uh, the fire department mm-hmm. and law enforcement agencies in the city. He's, he's done, he's contributed a lot to the community. Sure. So that said, whoo, <laughs> this is a petty, spiteful guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a lot of fun to research and write about, but not so fun to try to talk about with nuance on your main feed episodes. <laughs> <laughs> now... Would you say that uh, he's so petty that he's a member of the Traveling Wilburys? Mm, I don't think I'd say that because it's dumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So th- this is the actual sign. It says Metropolitan Grill on the top, and you know their cursive uh, font. Fancy right. Exactly. Yeah, that's what the, I believe. That's what the font is called. <laughs> yeah. Fancy right. Yeah. So the final score is in Pat Zero Millennials one just already got him folks off to a bad start <laughs> based on the current labor crisis. We are suffering in the Springfield area I, that that was not a thing that was happening. By when, the way, what year was this? It's 2018. I believe. Oh, wow. I, hey, I know. <laughs> I remember the labor crisis. Well, uh, as from what I know about food service in that time, having friends that worked in it. Um, a lot. It was not difficult for many servers to find multiple jobs. Yeah, like, I mean, we we started this podcast <laughs> in 2018. Yeah. That's how much uh-huh. of a like overgrowth of <laughs> restaurants there were. I guess labor crisis in this case. Maybe he means he he can't find enough people to hire. Maybe mm. that's what he means. Sure. And that's not what a labor crisis generally is. It's usually a problem for people seeking work, not people trying to find people to hire. Or like if. Your doula is out of town <laughs> or something. Buddy, I got to go back. I forgot. I shouldn't even have stopped at that line. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped one comma too soon. Ahum, ahum. <laughs> that was an actual cough. I tried to mask as a theatrical mm-hmm. cough. Mm-hmm. Based on the current labor crisis, we are suffering in the Springfield area. Finding the rarest of unicorns, a responsible, hardworking, dependable, skilled chef. And that's the end of the sentence. It wow. dramatically does not work. I don't know if you noticed that, but it, um, um, I mean, it didn't work for me for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, got gotta say, can't be can't be going after the millennials if you're going to bring up unicorns uh, in yeah. sentence one. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was 2018. We all made mistakes. Oh yeah, I mean, not me. <laughs> 
I ain't ever made a mistake. <laughs> Aside from starting the show, Round I know October where you're going. 2018, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is with great regret that for now, I will give up on my brunch dreams. Brunch dreams? That's right. We will return to what has produced an amazing success for the past 24 years, known as Metro Dinner. I, it says Metro Dinner, and both sure. words are capitalized, we had, we I had guess. We have Metro Jenner. Dinner. Uh, thank, we also had Metro Jenner. <laughs> I don't know where we go with that. <laughs> thank you for all the supported that Vespa kitchen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that again. Thank you for all that supported the Vespa kitchen and my brunch dreams. Mm-hmm. A much bigger thank you to my most amazing and talented chefs that weathered this year-long storm. Wow. I very much appreciate all the extra hours and hard work. Their dedication and loyalty are second to none. My success has always been based on surrounding myself with amazing people that make me look good. Like us. <laughs> yeah, sure. It had been a humbling experience, to say the least, but also the silver lining is how grateful I am for all the people that still in- embrace the Metropolitan Grail legacy. On a lighter note, if anyone happens to stumble upon any unicorns, please send them my mm, way. Wow. One the last epic bacon. So he had a chef quit. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I actually did find another article in SBJ or somewhere where he did a much more concise explanation. It was like, yeah, we, I, I, I had a chef quit and we couldn't find anybody to replace him. And, <laughs> and that was it. So again, how, how is this the millennials fault? I don't feel like millennials I don't know. presents itself again in his thesis there. Man. Uh, the chef was his chef was not a millennial. Okay, <laughs> so the guy who started the restaurant with was not a millennial. It was this guy his age. Uh, I I don't get this at all. I mean, I, I I don't know. He seems like a dude that you know when things go well he takes credit. When they don't, mm-hmm. he finds other people to blame. I should say when things go well he takes credit mostly mostly on his own, but also mm-hmm. like does mention other people too that worked for him. Well, yeah, the people but that he's like, surrounded. He's responsible with. responsible for yeah. having hired them and all that. Which is not untrue. You know, there's some truth sure. to that. Um, also, um, I mentioned his uh, his politics, which, you know, you and I are pretty. We've been pretty open about that mm-hmm. on the main feed and on this feed. Sure. How we, we stand. Okay, so uh, Pat, he, he stopped doing this in 2015, and we can speculate as to why, but he, he, he contributed over $3,000 to Billy Long's various congressional campaigns. Mm. Uh, mm. Love. Billy Long looks looks like a Cenobite. Have we brought that he, up on the show before? We haven't. I mean, far be it from me to criticize another person's uh, physical appearance, but man, he makes it hard. He mm-hmm. makes it hard to not break that rule. <laughs> I mean, I you can find Billy Long handsome even, and uh, still still think that he's a uh, uh, big old scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Um. Pat stopped contributing to Billy Long's campaign in 2015. Oh, which well, is interesting. You know, 2016 sure. things changed a little bit. Which you know, I, I, who knows why that happened. Uh, uh, Pat also was a frequent donor to Christy Folnicki. Donated to her during her mayoral campaign when she lost to. Uh, I can't remember if she lost to Bob Stevens or Ken McClure. I think she might have lost to Ken. Well, I have no idea who any of these people are, uh, well, except my personal friend Dan- Ken McClure. <laughs> Just say my personal friend Christy Folnicki. <laughs> uh, Christy Folnicki, Dan is today. Now she is a conservative talk radio host Ooh, and podcast host wow. in town. Has many more listeners than we do. I'm Why sure. haven't we got her on the show yet, Andy? Um, I mean, we haven't asked, nor do I particularly <laughs> want to have her on. 
but uh, she was forced to resign from the city council, Dan, when it was uh, discovered that for seven years she had been running a her, her law business without a business license no. and did not file for taxes. But much as often happens when this when things like this happen with politicians, the the problems just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just gone. Mm-hmm. And she, her, she cited her real reason was she's moving to Nixa. <laughs> well, I mean, famously, you can't work in Springfield Whoa, yeah. if you live in Nixa. There's, I, I don't think we have anybody that commutes from Nixa to Springfield here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she, she, you probably can't actually serve on the city council of Springfield and oh, work in Nixa. Sure. But sure. pretty convenient, pretty convenient sure. time mm-hmm. that that happened for her. Anyway, um, come on the show, Christy. <laughs> If if I move to Nixa, can I get out of say this show? Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang it's it. in the bylaws. You like doing the show. I love doing I, this show. I, I, I want to stop doing this thing where I say the show's bad. I I love this show. I say we ramp it up even more. <laughs> I think people love that stuff. All right, Dan. So we're gonna get into the truly salacious stuff now. Please. Um, a man named Scott Eckersley, who was running against Billy Long in the early uh, twenty teens. Mm-hmm ran an attack ad against Billy Long um, in which a server at Metropolitan Grill stated that Billy Long and a group of uh, affluent conservative men, including Pat Duran, Mm -hmm. liked to throw parties in the back room at Metropolitan Grill Mm -hmm. featuring strippers, gambling, and underage drinking. Um, Only one of those is illegal. I'm sorry. I also forgot racial slurs weren't involved. Oh, well, I mean, now I'm sure more than a few racial slurs have been said in in the walls of Metropolitan Grill. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, I I think that might be a harsh reality. I know that space. I mean, we we talked about not we talked about feeling out of place when we were there. And I think we may have underplayed it just a little bit. I mean, we'd had far fewer. Um, noticeable plastic surgeries. Most <laughs> <laughs> of the people in there. I mean, I've only had a few. I think Jim Baker was in there. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan shook his head. I was like, wait, really? Yeah, he's he said- is in the news lately. <laughs> oh, yes. He's, he's suing Arkansas, I think. But the that's more a podcast from SGF territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll ever see those guys yeah. again. Um, Andy, I have actually heard that before yeah. about the uh, backroom parties at, or I guess just after hours right. parties at a uh, Metropolitan Girl. I had not particularly heard the underage drinking thing. Right. I, I thought it was just a bunch of well old Republicans. Much like what happened with Christy Fulmicky, all of those allegations just disappeared. Mm, yes. Everyone who had spoken out about it suddenly changed their story all at the same time. Sure. And... um. Yeah, it just went away. Yeah. Full denials all around, of course, and the story just went away. I don't know if it happened or not, but... Oh, no, it, it happened. I, it, I mean... <laughs> I'm guessing that story didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, it didn't come out of nowhere and, like, present itself to uh, many, many people yeah. who hold it as, like, Springfield lore. When I also know for a fact that when the 45th president of the United States had a ra- campaign rally here... The staff's after party, the people that work the event had was was held at uh, Metropolitan Farmer. Sure. 
Not more Metropolitan Farmer, Metropolitan Grill. Mm, yes, one the one that, that we went to. We went to. So, and Metropolitan Farmer was owned by Pat's ex-wife. When that that's a whole thing. Oh, I didn't yeah. get into that, but like Pat had a what seems like and who knows. This is I am only speculating about this, but it seems like he he went through a pretty brutal divorce mm-hmm. and his ex-wife took ownership of Metropolitan Grill. So, but Pat kept working there. Wow! And eventually bought it back. It was like five or six years later. It changed back to him. But when it changed back to him, his wife opened Metropolitan Farmer. Her ex-wife opened Metropolitan Whoa. Farmer, and her name is Jennifer. And I had the Jennifer Lamb. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those are the same two Jennifers, but they got to be, right? Sure, they got to be. Anyway, uh, again, that's all just purely speculation sure. on my part. And um, I don't know. Who knows? All this stuff is real interesting to me. Yeah, it, it is um, very interesting. It's also very unfortunate that we <laughs> did yeah. give them our patronage. Uh, hopefully, we made that clear on the show. Uh, hopefully, we're making some kind of amends with our uh, donations yeah. and, I mean, and speaking about it. I, I don't know. You know, the good news is we'd never, ever have to go back yeah. there ever again. I'm certainly not going back to uh, Great American Taco ever again. Oh, sure. And I mean, they suck. It was truly awful. Yeah. It wasn't any good. I couldn't have gone any harder on them than I did. I should have just given them a straight up zero. That's really how I felt. Like, what's the point of having a zero rating if you don't use it? I should just give them a zero. I say you retcon it right here. (laughs) I am. Only talk about it on the Tower Uh Club episode. Uh Leave leave it for the good listeners. Tower Club has a separate canon. Mm -hmm. The the honest canon. (laughs) The honest canon, the good canon. I was... um, We texted about this a little bit. I, I was expecting pat duran to listen yeah he may just not know about it yet sure because they may not check their social media and we've we've had people who we've given great reviews to Mm -hmm. contact us with problems (laughs) with our reviews absolutely which i totally understand sure and um I just I thought for I would sure we, we would I upset think. him and that we would probably hear from him. And maybe that's vanity on, on our part, but I don't think it was. I think it was a pretty realistic expectation given how publicly he has yeah. uh, spoken out about certain things he's been unhappy with. Yeah. So looking and forward to that free press. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, if he finds out that there is an episode of a podcast out there talking about Metropolitan Grill, uh, Great American Taco Company, and Hard Knocks Barbecue, he, he might figure that he is mentioned uh-huh. somewhere <laughs> within. <laughs> if, I, if I owned three companies uh-huh. and they were all and mentioned in one article. All six social media <laughs> posts about it said we ate at all, of th- all three of Chef Pat Duran's uh-huh. restaurants. Yeah, I, I would be interested in, yes. in listening to yeah. it. So, I mean, now when I saw the runtime, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that not, may have just kept him back. But, yeah, you know, I, I was so excited when I was done editing. It was like two hours and twenty eight mm-hmm. minutes, and I was like, "How can I stretch this to two and a half hours? <laughs> How can I get it up there?" Oh, and then Barista <laughs> Barry swooped in with the win. Yeah, let's start talking about that stuff. Man, yeah. those bits are really fun. Man, episode one hundred was so much fun, Andy. I had a ball. And boy, can I say, I'm so glad it's over. Oh, me too. Like it, you know, even I don't even feel like the amount of food that we ate was that stupendous or like more than we do for some weeks because we've certainly outdone ourselves. Uh, But just just the self-imposed pressure of it. I'm glad to be through with it. Glad to have it behind us. Mm -hmm. Glad to explore the next three episodes, particularly places we've never covered before. Never, well, I mean that we'd never repeat mm-hmm. places that we've covered before. That would be against <laughs> the premise of the show. We wouldn't be furthering the premise. Uh huh. 
towards our mission statement. We that would set us three weeks back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we did that, <laughs> wait, not. did I just reveal it? <laughs> no, it would set us three weeks back if we did. Yeah, it, right, Andy. right, right. Uh, but yeah, you, you got any other thoughts on the hundredth episode? I I liked all the bits. I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk talk about Richie's contribution for oh a second. I, I don't know if I if anyone made it through the whole two and a half hours mm-hmm. and some people listening to this right now. Minutes. But if you didn't, I think one of the funniest bits is at the very end mm-hmm. whenever Barista Barry left a voicemail. Okay, so Richie, much like myself, I think is maybe a little bit obsessive about getting stuff right. Uh-huh. So he sent five different versions oh. of the voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last one was absolutely the best one. Yeah. And then I had an idea. He, he Okay, so he ended it. The last one, I think he had the idea to play Rage Against the Machine in the background uh-huh. is really great and incongruous with the typical Barista Barry demeanor. And then um, I, I texted Richie and I was like, okay, um, send me one more and just have Barista Barry say, in the Barista Barry vo- voice, say, come with it now. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so I'm going to take full credit for the very last thing that was heard on the episode. That was sure. my idea. Sure. That was great. Yeah. Um, man, a lot of voicemails. Mm-hmm. Dan, tell me, how, how planned out were those? <laughs> um, those were completely off the dome, yeah. Andy. I did. I, I had a list of characters that I wanted to get through. But uh, other than that, they, I that really alleviated some of the pressure of the show was just knowing that I was just going to do voicemails as the uh, the dummies. Yeah. I mean... We threw a bunch of ideas around, tried to work out exactly what we wanted to do, and we kind of just took the easiest route, I think, which and is I fine. Think I think it okay turned out it. very well. Yeah, I, I was, I, happy I with was it. so, so happy with it. But uh, yeah, it's stressful times right now, Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much going on in the world. And, and uh, I, I was starting a new, a new job that week. Yeah. Like I hadn't, and it's a new summer job. I'm going to be doing my regular teaching job in the fall, but I was figuring out how to do a different job. Uh, the same week that we were trying to plan two and a half hours sure, of content. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, had the 100th episode happened under different circumstances, who knows how we would have ruined mm-hmm. it with our <laughs> overthinking <laughs> it. But uh, as it stands, I think it turned out yeah. great. I, I just, I miss interacting with the characters. That's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> so that's why I, I think twice I butted in during the voicemails. That's what's so fun for me is to steer it in the wrong direction and try to throw you off and stuff. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, I really like it too. <laughs> um, man, weird how the Sunflower guy didn't show up. and <laughs> Yeah, Sunflower guy didn't show up. Barry Toppin uh, wasn't there. No. Uh, <laughs> Somehow the only... Tacos Bill. Tacos Bill, yeah. Really expected him. Mm, well fan favorite i guess <laughs> yeah no, i don't know if anybody even likes tacos bill to be honest i certainly do i think you do <laughs> um <laughs> for some reason the only one i did was the nbc news anchor who i can't remember oh, now. tom brokaw tom yeah. brokaw which come to find out is definitely an snl bit that i stole uh-huh. because yeah, for sure i didn't <laughs> i was thinking about where that came from and i was like oh right my dad used to say gerald ford and that's just from that was a temp from a Tom Brokaw oh, SNL thing. Yes, yeah. Is that like Dan Aykroyd? I have no idea. Or something. I have no idea. It was yeah. my. I'm quoting. I was doing my dad doing sure somebody doing Gerald yeah. Ford. Yeah, your dad <laughs> doing, Tom doing Brokaw, somebody rather. from the '70s just high as a kite on cocaine mm-hmm. doing Gerald Ford. 
My dad's the one hanging. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't know if I structured that sentence correctly. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I, I think my dad, much like myself, was probably not seeing cocaine in person. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Nor anyway, have I. Um, you've seen it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. You've seen it over a Zoom conference. I watch Scarface every single day, <laughs> so, and I can only assume that's real cocaine. So do we have uh, is there anything else we need to talk about from that episode? I don't know. We usually cover all the episodes we did before, but 98, 99, those a couple of my favorite ones. They, they were really those good. Those were so fun. I, they, they've almost entirely left my mind oh, yeah. at this point uh, with our three-week break from the Tower Club episode. So I'd say it's probably about time we get into it. Ep- episode. Oh, right. I almost called you episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like it. Ep for short. Sure. <laughs> now I want a cool nickname. <laughs> okay. I guess we're talking about Pizza Ranch. <laughs> we're going to review <laughs> I Pizza guess Ranch. We are. <laughs> uh, there's no bio segment, but I did gather some information. Pizza, mm-hmm. Pizza Ranch was founded in 1981 in Hole, Iowa, a town in the northwest corner of the state that has a population. Of about 2,000 people. Well, yeah. For a city named Hole. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like a place that wouldn't have a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Pizza Ranch has slowly expanded over the last four decades and now has 216 locations in 13 states. Slowly expanded for the last four decades. Sounds like you. <laughs> wow. He's slapping his own knee. <laughs> he really liked that. I'm, th- I, you know what? I mean, three and a half. I'm 34 years I, old. I called you fat and old. Two things that are both unequivocally not true. <laughs> but just the fact that I was able to slip them both in just right I'm, down center. I don't know. I'm of, of average fit build and early middle age. I think it's probably yeah, a fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say you're neither fat or old. <laughs> wow, Dan. That's honestly the nicest <laughs> thing you've ever said to me. And that's not a joke. You can uh, put it as a, as a quote on the uh, first physical copy of the uh, Sister City album. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Andy Carr, neither fat or old. <laughs> <laughs> I would so love it if there was enough demand for a physical copy of that album to justify me making physical copies. I would love copies. a physical copy, but, you know. <sighs> I'd like to physically copy myself <laughs> wow. so I could live longer and surgically. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, change out the an- uh, organs when they eventually yeah, get cancer. Absolutely. <laughs> Might want to start with the brain. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been done with that for a, for a while. It's overdue. Yeah, did they put any, like extra brain in there whenever they took out the tumor? I'm going to say definitely not. <laughs> okay. Um, I gotta, I'm going to just, I got to stop d- talking about the tumor on the show. It's done. Sure. It's over. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Pizza Ranch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan. Pizza Ranch. It's new in town with Uh the Battlefield Mall. Uh, Originally, the plan had been to do an episode about Pizza Ranch as a Tower Club episode during the Mm -hmm. month, during which we would be reviewing all of the restaurants in the mall. We can reveal to our Tower Club Mm -hmm. listeners that whenever we do uh, indulge in that Mm mini-series, it's going to be called Mall at the Mall, the Battle for Battlefield. Yeah, because we're going to decide what's the best restaurant of the mall. That first mall is M A U L, by the yeah. way. Yeah, the, a name that you have had set 
for almost as long oh. as the show itself. No, no, no. Before. Yes. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's so good. The, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's been in the spreadsheet. Yeah. I mean, we haven't referenced that spreadsheet in over a year uh, <laughs> in planning the show, but it still exists as, yep. uh, as an idea for something to do. But um, speaking of ideas for stuff to do, <laughs> we've talked about it before, but most of our ideas went out the window with uh-huh. the whole lockdown. So yep, absolutely. Here we are reviewing a chain restaurant for the first time. Uh-huh. Well, the the mall's back open. We we can we can get in there and do it. We should do it. We should plan that out. Maybe we should wait a little bit later. <laughs> we had such good guests booked for that oh, too. It, it was. I mean, no no joke. Truly. Five straight episodes with like guests. I was so excited to have oh, yeah. on the show. No, we were leading up to our grand one hundredth episode. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It might have been fairly. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty grand. It's more grand mall. Come again. Doesn't that mean very bad in French? Wow. M-A-L? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Pizza Ranch Dan. My parents like it a lot. They, they rave about it. it. Your parents love My it? My parents have never had it. Oh. Your parents love it. <laughs> okay. They like it a lot. You and picked us up some food today. On I the sure way here, did. we got a special combo deal. Which tell Ooh. us tell us tell us the choices that you oh, made. Oh boy, Andy. So you let me know that I should go ahead and pick up one of the one of the big boys. One of the big ones. One of the big boys. So you you have the option between a regular pizza combo, a chicken pack, or as I went, the combo. I don't, I don't know what it what it's called. I don't have it here in front of me. Wow, cool. But it's the one that comes with all of it. Chicken pack. Uh-huh. That's what we call it when our girlfriends hang out. Wow, I, don't I would never call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy does not have a girlfriend, but stands by the statement. (laughs) (laughs) That, of course, comes with one medium pizza. No specification on toppings, by the way, Mm. because we went specialty, and there was no upcharge for that medium pizza. Pretty nice. Eight-piece chicken. We're talking bone-in, fried Kentucky-style chicken. (laughs) Iowa-style, Dan. Uh Uh-huh. Iowan. Is that, you know, that what you call you, somebody from Iowa? Could you do me a favor and put a little bit more space in between each phrase? Andy, it's kind of my <laughs> style to do that, okay? And I think the listeners love it. I think you're the one who doesn't like it, which is why the listeners love it so much. <laughs> that, of course, also comes with a family size mashed potato and gravy and a cactus cookie. Is that what it's called? No. <laughs> It's called cactus bread. Cactus bread. Weird. Wow. Weird name. Very weird. Should we start there at the end? Yeah. Let's start with let's the dessert. Let's start at the end. Not prickly at all. Mm-mm. I mean, it's basically just one of those almost like cinnamon roll style pizzas. Uh-huh. It's got that crumbly sugar on top and then some uh, sweet cream cheese icing. I like find that, that at a CC's. Yeah. Something in, in like that. In the dessert that. section or a uh, I was incredible pizza. Godfather's sure. used to have it. Absolutely. Uh, I like it a lot. I think it's a real good version of that. They had the icing swirled over mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. Looked kind of cool. Spiral. And uh, very chewy, soft. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Quite enjoyed it. It was nice and soft, as is their regular pizza, which we'll get into. But weirdly, it had a little more crunch, just mm. because I think the, sure. you know, the top layer was also bread or mm-hmm. dough. And uh, had a nice texture to it through the top. Nice, uh, like, 
crunchy, cinnamon, sugary taste. I, I, I don't know why they call it cactus bread. Uh, just I, I imagine just because you got a good amount of cactuses down at the uh, pizza ranch. Oh, yeah. Did you go inside? No, you didn't go inside. You, I didn't, no. We're, we're going chronological reverse order uh-huh. so you can save your pickup story <laughs> sure, for the very yeah, end. absolutely. Let's see. <laughs> next, we tried the fried chicken. Uh-huh. I mean, next in reverse chronological yeah, order, we absolutely. tried the fried chicken. The ri- fried chicken and the mashed yeah. potatoes and gravy. Real dark, like a dark reddish brown hue to the breading. Very dark and not, I said fried Kentucky style, but it's not very similar to Kentucky fried no. chicken because that would more fall off in chunks. This breading has the, I think you could par- probably pull off the breading as one solid piece. Not to say that it's that crispy but it it is a almost a softer uh-huh. breading style i don't know how to describe it you did think you did a pretty good job it, it maybe it reminds me of like zaxby's chicken i yeah. know that they don't do bone-in chicken but the bone-in version of that mm-hmm. and andy <laughs> i thought it was really really good it's pretty good yeah yeah it's they claim that they have the country's best chicken I'd say better than KFC, not as good as Popeyes. I would definitely say better than right KFC. Right between those two. And, you know, the, I don't. this doesn't necessarily sound like a plus, but the pieces are a little smaller mm. than you get at like a dedicated fried chicken place. You know, bigger than chicken wing size, obviously, but not, not so much of a just honking leg that you have to put down, you know? Sometimes it's too much. There gets a lot of grease trapped no. in there, and uh, I like I, the size of them. I was just thinking about how they're, they're pretty greasy, mm-hmm. but it's not the kind of grease that drips. It's like grease that's no. kind of settled into the breading, which it's a little bit so- it's a little bit softer than it is crispy. Mm-hmm. There's still a little bit of crispiness and just the slightest bit of crunch to it. Less than I prefer. Yeah. Love the crisp. Love the crunch. Wish there was a little bit more to this, but a pretty good flavor too. Yeah, definitely could have some more crunch. No, there's no like crunchy bits left in the box at all, like you would have with mm-hmm. a KFC mm-hmm. or Popeyes. Uh, it, it, all that breading is staying right on the chicken. But I, yeah, for for a place that is a pizza restaurant that serves fried chicken. Real good fried chicken. Yeah, not bad. What do you think about those mashed potatoes and gravy, Andy? They were pretty good. I mean, honestly, they reminded me quite a bit of the KFC version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep coming back to KFC. Gravy's a little lighter. It's more of a chicken, okay. like almost white gravy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they were buttery. They were salty. They were pretty good mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Very creamy. Yeah. We, we may be spoiled just a little bit because we tried the Metropolitan Farmer mashed potatoes not six days ago, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, yeah, they're fine. There was nothing. I'm not going to like say, oh, I can't wait to go to Pete's Ranch, get them mashed potatoes. No, no. Nothing like that. Fantastic portion size Mm -hmm. as far as like a family size goes. Like uh, very big. What was it? This was like 30 bucks, right? This was $29.99. Yeah. That seems like a real good price if you had like a family of four or five people sitting down for dinner. Oh, pretty good deal. Like, I mean, I don't think $30 is too bad of a price for just you and I to eat Mm. together. And there's so much left over, like probably another two people could eat that easily. I I don't know if my perspective will ever be the same since we had that bill at Metropolitan Farmer. Now everything (laughs) seems cheap. Yeah. $50. Oh, man, that's that. This is a really good deal on a burger and fries. (laughs) Wonder what he's spending that money on. Anyway, uh, I guess we're talking about the pizza now. I guess it is time yeah. to talk about the pizza now, Andy. We definitely did this in a bizarre order. 
I think this is how we should do all restaurants okay. for now on. I, th- I think it's, <laughs> Start with the dessert. It, it really works. It yeah. isn't uh, very clunky at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, the pizza, Andy. Now, I went through a couple different options with you whenever I was ordering this online. Uh, Did you? Well, I asked if what toppings you would want or if you just wanted a plain cheese because right. I know cheese. Mm. We've talked about possibly just doing that as a baseline for pizza places. Have we? Or did you get that from another food podcast? Um, I don't think there are any other food podcasts, so I couldn't have possibly stolen that or any other bit from there. Uh, but Andy, you know, I went through the online ordering system. I was originally going to go half pepperoni, half mushrooms. Wish you Classic. had. <laughs> Classic, Andy. But here's the thing. As I'm ordering, as I'm adding the mushrooms, as I'm adding the pepperoni, I'm noticing all these wild other toppings. Pickles as a topping. Broccoli as a topping. Broccoli? Yes. All sorts of crazy stuff. Wait, my voice was weird on that. Let me take that again. Broccoli? (laughs) (laughs) Is that better? I I think Cockney Charlie may have just stopped (laughs) by the studio to reprise his famous character. There's also sauerkraut. On the menu. There was enough weird stuff as like single toppings that I thought it would probably be a better representation of this place if we got something that some of these weird things are a part of, i.e. some of the specialty pizzas. You know, we are all about proper representation Mm -hmm. on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's that's this show. God, keep going, Dan. <laughs> Riff away on that and representation. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, I got, I got a tight. Five I'm setting on them that. up for you to knock them uh-huh. down. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I represent Andy. We decided to split it down the middle, mm-hmm. as no, was no, our. We didn't decide original that. plan. You decided. I, I decided that, and uh, went with one half taco because that's weird. Yeah. And the other half went bacon cheeseburger, baby, because you know I'm not you know I'm gonna get the pizza with the pickles on it. If pickles are like listed as a single topping, yeah. I'd have to be crazy not to. She's just got a pickle pizza. I <laughs> that would have been oof, you, really bad, I you think. Sent me via text messaging mm-hmm. what choices you had made. <laughs> I thought this is terrible. Yes, yeah. they're terrible choices. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> those are pizzas. <laughs> those are you don't judge a pizza by those two, taco and cheeseburger. Well, you also don't judge a pizza place by fried chicken and mashed potatoes. But this is the shadow that okay. Pizza Ranch is casting. Like this, the, I'm playing by their rules. They also had a mac and cheese pizza that I was very close to getting. I don't, do you have thoughts on mac and cheese pizza? I would have try you ever it. had it? Nope. I'd no, try it, though, for I've sure. I've only ever had it at CeCe's, I think. Ugh. and uh, I mean, as bad as CeCe's pizza is, the novelty of a mac and cheese pizza is pretty fantastic. But I went with these two crappy pizzas instead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Got it split down the middle. The taco. Sort of. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that was more of a, the, a cutting problem there. Yeah. The taco pizza comes with ground beef, mm-hmm. lettuce, mm, lots of lettuce, tomatoes, and chips, Doritos, and another little layer of like maybe shredded American or yeah. cheddar cheese yeah. on top of there. Uh, Dan, my my parents are fans of the Casey's uh, sure. general store taco mm-hmm. pizzas, 
And I must say, I gotta mm-hmm. say it. You've gotta. I think you could put a slice of each one of the... I think you put a slice of the Casey's Taco Pizza and the Pizza Ranch Taco Pizza in front of me, and I would not be able to tell the difference. You know, people I, have reverence for Casey's Pizza, oh yeah. your parents yeah. included. Uh, I think one key difference may be that Pizza Ranch uses off-brand or Cool Ranch Doritos, mm. and Casey's uses Nacho Doritos. Okay. Well... I've never had the Casey's pizza, but I'm already going to go ahead and say that the Cool Ranch is a better choice because oh. those were my favorite part of this pizza. No kidding. Very, very fun having that zing of Cool Ranch Dorito on top of, you know, some lettuce and yeah. what's ostensibly pizza underneath it. Man, I just remember the day when I decided that I was going to be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, up until that day, I was just a regular, bland, white ranch. Mm-hmm. And I got some sunglasses <laughs> and a leather jacket. Okay. This, and then this you bombing cool so ranch. hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have phrased it as me. I was like, oh, man, I wonder if it were like a regular ranch ship decided it wanted to be cool. And then uh, anyway, yeah. this is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of. I'm not editing anything. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that we would normally retake. And so let me try this dumb joke again. Yeah. I mean, you can try it again. Okay. I say we don't edit anything okay. out. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Here we go. I mean, I wonder um, if at some point it was just like a regular ranch, but then uh, it, it picked up some sunglasses and put on a leather jacket. And suddenly it was cool ranch. Like, like, a, like a ranch, like a fenced in kind of area. Uh-huh. Like if it put on some sunglasses exactly. and a leather this jacket. Is, stop this! Stop! I almost had, it, was, it was not bad until you did that. Why did you do that? I thought I was enhancing it. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. Oh boy, Andy. Good thing nobody hears these yeah, episodes. No <laughs> the good ones. You know, we are accountable to make these entertaining. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> The money's for a good cause, and every bad joke we do or subscriber that we lose <laughs> is like one less. It's, it's less money for the causes yeah, that we're trying yeah, to absolutely. support here. Speaking of that, I actually got a call from Ozark's Food Harvest oh. today thanking us for our donation. That's great. And I felt really bad because they called while I was at work. I answered, and they were like, hi, is this Daniel? And I immediately said, may I ask who's speaking? <laughs> Just because <laughs> I, I don't like answering the sure. phone. And I uh, didn't have them saved in my phone book, but they thanked us very much. It said it provided almost a thousand meals Man, for this last month. So they're welcome. Pretty rad. Uh, they're they're welcome very much. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I told and them listeners, that. Oh, if you unsubscribe, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we really get get them. It, it's I, tough to get them to subscribe, but once they're in, then then we got them guilty. I'm already fantasizing about going and deleting that those. <laughs> That whole segment, but I'm leaving it in. I'm <laughs> I'm not editing it out, just so people can know what we suffer through for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the way we suffer for our art. Millennials one. Oh my god. Indian Dan zero. <laughs> I don't think we have a lot of millennial listeners. <laughs> Andy, I thought the taco pizza was pretty good. Yeah, it was of fine. the two pizzas, I think it was better. Uh, yes, than the hamburger pizza, which of course, uh, no, I don't even know if I said this. The taco pizza, rather than the traditional marinara sauce, had taco sauce as a mm. base. The hamburger side of our pizza had the traditional marinara. 
uh, maybe the hamburger third of our pizza. Bit of a wonky cut yeah. on this one. The uh, the well, taco side. Yeah, the taco side had, you know, big fat slices. Mm-hmm. And because those slices were so fat, uh, the hamburger side were little tinies. They, like, truly the littlest tinies it, I've absurd. ever seen. Absurd. <laughs> pizza cut it. Like Dan Hell was holding it up. And it's like smaller than his finger. Oh, there was one that was <laughs> certainly smaller than my finger. He got little uh, fingers, too. <laughs> I got a finger for you. Ten. <laughs> ten. <laughs> for a hug. <laughs> I'm going to need all ten of them to give you a big old hug. <laughs> Nobody, I haven't had a hug in a while. That's not true. I was going to say, I'm going to say, I haven't had a hug in a while. That was actually a lie, but somebody shook my hand today. We, mm-hmm. we actually talked about this yeah. before, Dan. Yeah, we both got our hands shaken I'm not going to reveal who shook my hand. A very friendly person, but I was uh, offended. <laughs> not offended, <laughs> but was, I immediately went and washed my hand after. It's done. I told somebody the other day that I wouldn't shake their hand because they were coming in for one, and it was a uh, it was very weird. He he was a very nice young man. Didn't seem like a one who would be you know out protesting that he can't go to the Baskin Robbins or uh-huh. whatever. Uh, you know, a like minded young individual like myself, but uh, just just really wanted to shake my hand. That's mm-hmm. just the service I provide at the Old Salt. This is probably a listener. I, I, I got to touch Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I love Springfield. No, I got to touch Dan. Our listeners do famously <laughs> want to touch me. Andy, this other half had a uh, marinara sauce hamburger. What, what restaurant is next week, Dan? <laughs> I would never tell, <laughs> even if they d- d- miseried me and I was James Caan. Dan, can I make you dinner? <laughs> do you like my shirt? I mean, you making me dinner is a little antithetical to the show's premise. <laughs> I mean, you would think they would want to go out to like a restaurant with me, but they're just setting me back for my goal <laughs> to eat at all these dang restaurants. Can I bid you here, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's official. This character <laughs> has to debut on the main feed. The Dan super fan. Andy, I need you to commit to it right now <laughs> that, that you will debut this character on the main feed. I joined feed. the Dan Club. <laughs> Oh, our Tower Club listeners are going to be so hype whenever this comes on the main feed. I'm sweating. Oh, this is so good, Andy. This is like, and I'm I'm being genuine. I I love this character so much for obvious reasons, but also the amount of stress it seems to put you Dan, through. Dan, sign my belly. Yeah, and not my arm. Sign my belly, Dan. That's what. That's where the food go. Have you ever had anybody sign you, Andy? Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I had Danny Brown sign me. Oh yeah, did you, you did you didn't get tattooed though, right? Uh, I had intended on it. However, it was before the show, and by the end of the show, I sweated it off. You were oh, crying. Yeah. Andy. I am. <laughs> you made me cry, Dan. <laughs> you made me cry every episode. Okay, <laughs> but save this gold, please, Andy. Like these are. <laughs> good hard-working listeners of our main feed episodes too and i don't want them to have to double up enjoys on this, this as much as comedy i do gold i love it andy <laughs> i love it hopefully it makes up for the terrible cool ranch joke <laughs> <laughs> i gotta take my glasses off andy what'd you think of that hamburger pizza i hated it yeah <laughs> it was so bad yeah you really you really seem to dislike it um the pickle is <laughs> a terrible texture to have on a pizza really i kind of liked them 
wet and crunchy on the top of the pizza, no yeah. go for me. Yeah. No, I just didn't care for it. I mean, I, I would. I really feel like I didn't give this place a fair shake, but also I don't care because it's a chain. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought their sauce was okay. I thought their pizza sauce tasted sure. fine. This is standard red pizza sauce. I do think there's a difference between marinara and pizza sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm disputing your classification there, Dan. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's one of the two He's options wrong, on dominoes.com. He's not wrong. He's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> There's only marinara. <laughs> I think this guy is going to need to make some <laughs> voicemails for the show. <laughs> I think this is going to be a weekly thing. There's, only, there's a lot of Dan guys, but I'm the biggest Dan guy. <laughs> or maybe this is a Tower Club exclusive character. <laughs> uh, I think I think this could maybe drive up listenership, much like the uh, Tower Club, the demon of the Tower Club. That, oh, yeah. That's right. uh, debuted. Well, not a character. That was an actual demon on a Zoom call we had. Uh, a few weeks back. Boy, Andy. You know, I, I kind of like the cheeseburger pizza. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you enjoyed it. I, I don't have much to say about it beyond I kind of liked that bite of pickle. But uh, I'm just a bit of a pickle boy. But the crust to this pizza, Andy, I got to say, I really, really liked it. As far as like a chain pizza crust goes, it was just so soft. Like nothing. It, it just wasn't too chewy uh didn't have to discard a lot of la crust. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I think I'll probably be getting Pizza Ranch again. Okay. I mean I, I'm sure I will have it again since my family likes it so much. And I'll be excited to try, you know, actual pizza that's not a garbage idea. <laughs> like, you know, just a pepperoni pizza. Or a mushroom pizza, perhaps. I want to eat the pizza with Dan's family. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, you're not allowed. <laughs> I don't think the listeners will even be able to tell I know both Which of your names, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you? Me, too. <laughs> I'm friends with your aunt on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> Donna. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not the one who calls things El Cheapo. So. <laughs> okay, this is Rona's course for today, I think. Absolutely. Time to get into the uh, tedious third segment of the show, I'd call it. I, I don't know. I've been excited about this. Oh, no, I'm very we, excited about it. I, I think famously these are our listeners' favorite segments is uh, when we talk about concerts we've been to. I'm always surprised um, when people say that they like this, but we have <laughs> had some positive feedback when we talk yeah. about music stuff. And we had planned to have a couple episodes devoted to trips to see bands. Mm-hmm. We've been over it several times before at this point, but Absolutely. we were going to see Pearl Jam and talk about that on an episode in St. Louis restaurants mm-hmm. and then see... Uh, Rage Against the Machine around the jewels. Mm-hmm. I believe that was also in St. Louis. We would probably talk about a different restaurant. Yep. And we were going to talk about the Pappies in St. Louis, which is mm-hmm. a kind of legendary barbecue place that happens to have the same name as legendary barbecue place in Springfield. However, <laughs> oh, my brother was going to be on the show. The freaking president. <laughs> this guy. Hey, can you believe what he's done with the concerts? <laughs> and all despite our lovely governor, Mike Parsons. <laughs> I'll play a concert for you, Dan. <laughs> God, I bet you will. <laughs> What's this guy's name? Uh, just, I don't reveal it to anyone. <laughs> I'll only tell you, Dan. Come here, I'll whisper in your ear. <laughs> Could be a funny bit that he changed his name to Dan. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Anyway, um, yeah, concert. So mm-hmm. we were trying to figure <laughs> out like how we could fill the time in these episodes, and it's 48 minutes in right now, so 46 minutes in. So clearly, yeah. we don't really have that much to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But 
So we're going to count down our uh, top five favorite concerts. Top five, you say? Because I only wrote three. Oh, we're doing three? I That's what I thought we had settled oh, okay. on. Okay, well, three's good. I can expand it out to five. That's cool. What well, We can. I don't care. Let's do three. Sure. Let's do three. That's cool. I've got honorable mentions, too, though, so so we can absolutely do some honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. Let's do Let's do it that way. Let's do it that way. Let's do. All right. Why don't you start at number three? So, Andy, of course, uh, concerts are never coming back. We're, no one's ever going to go to a concert again. Do you have any uh, tickets left? I, I have one. I have rescheduled right. stuff, but I, I've had a handful of them just completely refunded. Wilco and Slater Kenny have not canceled their joint tour. That's right. Yeah. I actually have tickets to both the St. Louis and Kansas City shows, so I won't go to both, but mm-hmm. for reasons I won't get into, but they haven't canceled it yet. Wow. That's so, surely they will. It, I, who knows what goes into this? It must be all like insurance related mm-hmm. as to when they can announce this, because I think it's pretty generally accepted that there will not be mass scale concerts until at least 2021. Mm-hmm. And their binder hasn't canceled. Lollapalooza just canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Coachella just canceled, which yep. had uh, originally postponed until September. And uh, boy, can I say, Andy, I kind of like the Coachella just canceled just straight up went for it because if i can't see frank ocean no one should be able to <laughs> i i was i was oh you were thinking about going to that that's oh, right yeah yeah I, you know there, there's not a whole lot of chances to see the man and uh i i'm not going to say that i manifested covid19 and a hundred thousand deaths here <laughs> I in america wouldn't say that i i'm not saying it but uh i did pray for something exactly like this oh my <laughs> dear god if I can't see Frank, don't let anybody. I don't care how many lives it costs. <laughs> I just love Frank. I just love Frank. Oh, boy, I do love Frank. Oh, Andy, mm-hmm. before I get into my number three, I actually wanted to debut a brand new segment here on the show, and I think you'll like it. Yeah, seems like a good idea. So I obviously have a girlfriend. You have a number of mistresses, the number being one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, every once in a while, we have their input here on the show, oh, yeah, and yeah. we we get some of their thoughts and we present them to our listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it would be nice if they had their own segment, Andy. Yeah, it's called uh, the Chicken Pack. <laughs> nope, it is called Girl Talk. <laughs> okay, it's where the girls talk, All right. and then we say what they said here on the mics. Uh, we, of course, will never get them on the mics. Uh, we're the hosts, the mm-hmm. two white men. Uh, the hosts of the show. Yeah. Uh, if the ladies want you know to talk, what? they would host their own podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri, and it would probably be wildly popular. Nothing to do with the fact that one of us might regret having <laughs> somebody like that from their life on the show. <laughs> might regret saying her name on every of the first 50 episodes. Now, you know, since we are in a Tower Club episode and we can pull back the per- curtain a little bit. I will say my girlfriend has only not come on the show because she has no desire to at all. I have asked her many times. It is in no way myself holding her back. Has she ever listened to it? Um, she famously did see half of a live <laughs> show. So she was there for a live recording. She also heard me record a full episode oh, on yeah. Zoom. So yeah, she heard that full episode. She heard but, one half of it. Yeah, yeah, part of it. It was like if she was listening in stereo and only through one uh-huh. half. That headphone. sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds truly terrible. Anyway, this is the first installment of Girl Talk. Uh, the ladies talk, then we say what they said. Yeah. 
Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course, my girlfriend. Uh, I I actually I'm thinking that that nickname may be a little tired. It's a little long, a uh, <laughs> little wordy. You don't say. Um, so I do have uh, a new nickname oh, for boy. my thick dame. <laughs> Something with a little more brevity. How, how, you got that written down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, no, no, that's not off the dome. <laughs> that one's good. <laughs> that's so, so great. I was thinking, uh, and this this was her idea, of course. Chris Christopherson as Whistler from the Blade movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You got more? Uh, did she come up with these or did you? <laughs> she well, did shredder <laughs> she, she did come up with shredder. shredder no chris christopherson as whistler from the blade movies that was my idea um she does not know about it yet uh nor does she care but i of course asked her what her favorite concert was just to get a, l- a little input uh from a female mm-hmm. on the show and she said that she really enjoyed seeing tv ra- on the radio open for the faint mm. i think she got to meet most of tv on the radio whoa she got to, she got to meet a lot of those guys she met like some of the strokes and some of interpol and met the fiery furnaces every that time rules. that she saw them she she got she was really into that and she's no longer that person like she does not want to meet the huh. artists anymore at all despite being you know being coupled with one of the uh, thirstiest people I know, me, <laughs> because uh, I, I want to meet them all. And You've got like myself. some of the you have. I don't know that you can or should tell it on the show, but you have one of the absolute best meeting and artist stories that I've ever heard. I might tell part, part of, of it on yeah. this episode. Okay. Andy, number three for me. March 11th, 2012. <laughs> now, I, of course, have a Microsoft Word doc with the dates yeah. and uh, location of every concert I've been to. You know what this one is? Uh, it's one of two. Radiohead. Yeah, that was my, my main guess. Yeah. At the Sprint Center with my good friend, Andy Carr. Heard of him. Wow. <laughs> did this crack your top three? It did not. Okay. It did not. Well, I part of it was because I kind of thought you you would pick at least sure. one of the ones we went to. Yeah. So I, you know, th- this was a tough list for me, especially just whittling it down to three here. And uh, I think this one just kind of had to make it. I had been to a few arena shows mm-hmm. before this, but very, very far from the stage. And the rest of my concert going experience was either church related or entirely at the Shrine Mosque. Uh, which the difference between the Sprint Center and the Shrine Mosque is it's like yeah 25 Shrine Mosques. Mm-hmm. It's insane. This was my first big concert adventure, a multi-concert excursion. You and I went and saw another band the next night. Yeah. Also a good show. That was wild. Yeah. Youth Lagoon. Yes. The Jackpot Saloon in Lawrence, Kansas. Absolutely. This was only the third time I had traveled for a concert. My other two being the first time I saw the Smashing Pumpkins, which was a real fun show. And another show that I'll get to later, although not as a part of my top three. Uh Uh-huh. And it was all with my buddy, Andy. (laughs) Also, it was our first concert together. It was, yeah. Or at least... Unless... Unless, Andy... You count shows that we played or if you count a week of us both seeing chris tomlin shows oh. in louisiana chris tomlin one of the biggest ever christian kind of, retorting recording in artists. hindsight wild yeah. that he played a camp mm-hmm. 
Yep, Andy and I did attend a church camp in Louisiana toward the end of his uh, church career and the, the very beginning of mine. And uh, we we saw this huge Christian mega artist five nights in a row. And, I fell uh, asleep every single night, <laughs> and Andy <laughs> did not. I didn't. I was probably trying real hard to be into it, have my hands up in the air and all that, oh, yeah. just trying real hard. Uh, I guess I should tell my Chris Tomlin story. I think story. you should. If, I, now, I hope our listeners know who Chris Tomlin is. I know there's not a whole lot of Sour Club listeners, so who knows how the Venn uh, diagram intersects there, but I, I think some will know. So I, I will confess that the idea for what I did was not mine, but actually that of our youth pastor, Ty, mm-hmm. who's now my parents' pastor. Uh, I, I got in line to go have Chris Tomlin sign something because he was doing that some night, and it wasn't that long of a line. Were you there for this, or did you just hear about it after? I don't think so, because I, th- I okay. did not even know who Chris Tomlin gotcha. was until later. I fully slept through he, every single service. He had this sh- this song called Kindness, which has a really great melody. And it's, it's, like it's a your kindness, Lord. Yeah, it's a really good chorus good. that I would play. I used to be worship leader. So long ago mm-hmm. at this point. And I, I really loved playing that song. It had a really good chorus. And a part of it was vanity. It worked really well with my voice, sure. too. And um, Ty, as a joke, said, when you go up to Chris Tomlin, you should ask him to sign, thanks for the help with kindness. <laughs> and my friends, all our listeners are my friends, even the ones we haven't uh-huh. met. I did that. And he did not like it. <laughs> It's, it's a very <laughs> funny bit. Like I, I've heard it. This story told so many times, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I love that. Like and well, it, it's so frustrating that he did not find it as funny as it is. Um, your brother and our friend Nathaniel were with me, and I lived, lived to impress those guys. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and uh, they were amused, and I was quite satisfied. <laughs> so I didn't care one bit what Chris Tomlin thought about it because those guys thought it was so funny that I did it. Even though it wasn't my idea. Oh, goodness. Andy. I don't even remember what he signed. I think I might have given it to my mom. She still likes him sure. a lot. Sure. Yeah. So. But that's my first one. Uh, yeah. 2012 scene Radiohead yeah, with man. you. What a also, great set. So, so close to the stage. Some of the, I, I think the best like stadium tickets mm-hmm. I've ever had, all thanks to you uh, just being quick to the draw yeah. on Ticketmaster. And I, you know, I, I've seen Radiohead three times since then. I'm a big, big fan, and I have uh, racked up some uh, pretty ridiculous credit card debt to uh, <laughs> to do so. Sure, but this this is still the best set that I've ever seen them play. Uh, like I, I, I look back on setlist.fm every once in a while to jog my memory on some of these shows, and uh, wow, what what an incredible set! It, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Um, they, I saw them in 2008 touring in Rainbows, and that trip was like a real pivotal, like cathartic experience for me. It was the first time I'd ever been on any kind of trip by mm-hmm. myself. So I went to Chicago and saw them one night, Rage Against the Machine the next night, and one of the other shows I saw on that trip is going to come up later. But I loved that King of Limbs show, but that in Rainbows show was like, sure. A huge. I probably should have put it on this list. <laughs> I think just thinking about it now, but that's the only reason that one didn't um, make my list. I loved the trip and loved going up there with you. It was an awesome time. But I had another Radiohead show that is like a more like 
personally pivotal experience. Sure. And, you know, I think in a way it, it also was sort of a catalyst to our relationship mm-hmm. as it stands today. Absolutely. Like definitely the first concert we went to, the first of, of many, um, probably my favorite concert. Yeah, definitely my favorite concert I've been to with you. Although, you know, I, there are some very close seconds yeah. up there. Just a few that uh, barely didn't make the list. I think that must have been like shortly after you had like crossed into the age where you were like no we were like the same age group you know where it was there was like no weirdness yes that we were hanging i out. was 20 years old at the time yeah. i was out of high school still living with my parents but which would have made me like 26 yeah. yeah so and up until that point like you'd been a little kid to me yeah <laughs> and at some yeah. point you're just like well we're the same age now and we both like the <laughs> same uh, yeah. music. So. and probably we wound up being very similar people yeah, absolutely anyway um should i do mine i think so that's all i've got this is really hard because i did do five and i'm having a hard time narrowing it down because i have like one that is absolutely number one another one that has to be on the list and is probably number two and then three more that are just really, really hard to choose which is the best. I think, I think I'm going to make my official pick for number three. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to say my greatest single day of concert going. Sure. I've been to tons of festivals. I've probably been to like, I'd have to count them up, but I think 15 major festivals. Wow. Been to Coachella, went to Lollapalooza twice, Bonnaroo three times, Pitchfork twice, Slewfest, some other smaller ones. So I've been, been I've yeah. seen a lot of, seen a lot of music, been to a lot of festivals. It used to be just what I spent my money on, you know, back when I was a, hourly worker that, that when i said that's what i spent my money on like that's it no that, you know just like too. housing yeah. and concerts absolutely and food and beer a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff but just all pleasure yeah. you know mostly Hedonism. music um so get this this is one day at bonnaroo dan um i saw actually i saw like a norwegian band called cats and yammer first i didn't know who they were and sure. haven't listened to them since but after them dirty projectors already awesome this is whenever that uh, the album had the song stillness of the move is, is the move is out their biggest album the biggest song and then david byrne came out during their set and did a song with it oh wow just david byrne's here uh he came out now was this the day that you saw david byrne later? it is yeah okay we'll oh, get into oh, that we'll get into that yeah. yeah um after that dan the yeah yeah yes wow then wow 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 and they were good it was during the day and it was too hot because this is middle mid-june sure. in the middle of tennessee but still animal collective who were wow. not great to be honest it was just three dudes with uh, electronics on tables messing around in the broad daylight with no lights oh yeah that, that, and i i feel like just the sun going down would yeah. enhance their their oh, set I, a lot i saw them under that in that context mm-hmm. a few years later and it was really good yeah. and also they played instruments the second time i oh, saw yeah. them too but this uh first time uh it was when they were touring meriwether post pavilion and were very much rejecting uh, all the success they were having from sure. that album, like yeah. actively yeah. Sabotage, sabotaging their own career. Yeah, that's, they, that's what they intentionally yeah. were doing. They had a very long career before that mm-hmm. and uh, probably felt a little weird to suddenly be like uh, indie darlings. Yep. And to be reaping immense profits solely from a song, the point of which is like anti-materialism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um I'm just processing that now, yeah. but I'm sure that point's That's been fantastic. made a thousand times before. Uh, next was TV on the radio, which we discussed wow. earlier, and this was Dear Science era TV on the radio, so we're still playing all the stuff, you know, d- deeper cuts from the first sure. two LPs as well. After that, David Byrne solo set, mm-hmm. just unbelievable, Bet so it was great. fun, played hits. Um, 
played most of like the big talking head songs that you know he was also touring this brian eno collaboration album at the time they put like six months hmm. songs from that two hour set beautiful choreographed dance no it wasn't there yeah. choreographed dancing um we're talking tons of dancers on stage oh, and like yeah. david byrne is an incredible dancer and would just like back into the dance line and join the dance and then step back out to sing and stuff so good okay pause while this was happening mm-hmm. It turns out to be one of the biggest mistakes in my life, even though it was such a phenomenal show. Yeah, absolutely. Because just across the way, you screwed up. the last ever Beastie Boys show uh-huh. was happening. The last one. The last one. Who? No one knew. No one knew no. that Adam Yauk was going to die. Untimely. Uh, horribly yeah. untimely. Like I remember Jake and I were talking. This, this episode is going to be two hours long, Dan. <laughs> this is what happens <laughs> whenever we just hang out without the mics. J- Jake and I were talking about it shortly a- after... Uh, Adam Yauk died, and uh, the Beastie Boys weren't supposed to die. Oh, like no. they just—they had just released an album mm-hmm. too, like right right before he passed. And, uh, and uh, even as they became old men, and honestly, like very wise people, mm-hmm. uh, they still seemed youthful hmm. to me. Yeah, you know, they were probably better than they were in their oh, heyday because abs- yeah. they weren't like screwing around as much. Did you know the, that last Beastie Boys album, Hot Sauce Committee mm-hmm. Part 2, do you know that all the samples on that are just things that the Beastie Boys recorded as a band and then sampled? I didn't know that, but that's not a surprise. So good. Because they're incredible musicians. Yeah, that's a great, great album. But a great swan song album. Anyway, I missed that. And... So that David Byrne show is kind of tinged with a little bit of regret. Sure. Anyway, went from David Byrne and saw Phoenix Wow! before they blew up. I believe this they were touring alphabetical at the time, but if I remember correctly, they played a couple songs. It would become huge hits a little later. After that, Dan is the, the set that would have actually made this list if we had five spots, and that is Public Enemy. Oh, wow. And they, they played It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back from start to finish. That's great. And like seven other tracks, they did fight the power. They did nine one one as a joke, which I've listened to a lot mm-hmm. the past couple of days. <laughs> uh, it was it was so cool to see them do it. And uh, Chuck D was like viscerally angry, yeah, and also just so thrilled to be there at the same time. It was in a tent. It was not in a big open oh, air sure, one. Yeah, so it was in a smaller stage, and like a lot of other stuff was going on. So like the, the, a lot of times at those big festivals. People are not always respectful during the main, like the mm-hmm. headlining acts that are playing with no one else playing. Sure. Because they just don't care. And yeah. it's the only thing going on. But when you go to those small stages and there's like seven other options, like mm-hmm. there was for that public enemy show that started at 1230 a.m. and ran to close to two. Yeah. That's, uh, that's people have planned their whole night. Yes. Who absolutely. Yeah. Everyone wants to be right there where they are. And everyone is so happy to yeah. be there. And they've been out like baked literally and figuratively yes. in the sun all day. That's a drug thing. Mm-hmm. Not me, <laughs> but you know. I know. <laughs> um, but it's cool, finally. It's at night. It's just one of the most euphoric feelings imaginable. That's awesome. Um, that's, you, you suffer through 80% of a music festival to get to the 20% of it that's really good. Anyway, that would have been... <laughs> would have been number five. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to cut. I'm going to cut one of them and not, not bother talking about it. Um, number three... Uh, November 15th, 2018, Dan, I saw Boy wow. Genius. Oh, wow. Got the, got the poster on my wallet there. Uh, it doesn't say Boy Genius on it. It says Julian Baker, Phoebe uh-huh. Bridgers with Lucy Dacus. Uh, they were going to tour together, these these three uh, songwriters, and they decided to go to the studio and maybe make some sort of like promotional music, uh, like a single. They, I think the idea sure. was to do a single or, or something. They wound up making a, like a six-song EP that was by far my favorite album of the year that year. 
I had this song called Me and My Dog, which is one that, that Phoebe wrote, and it's like one of my favorite songs of the last decade or so. Uh, every song on it's great, and each of them at the show played a solo set, uh, and then they came back out and played all six of those songs, and they closed the night out uh, with like an acapella track with just the three of them on stage singing. I just It felt like such a lightning-in-the-bottle thing. I think they played 30 shows or something as sure. Boy Genius and like No More on the Horizon. I meant to ask you before we started, like, what makes a good show for you? And a lot of times I just, it's kind of like, it's a many different factors, but like the performance itself, but also the circumstances surrounding it are mm-hmm. important, both like personally and just whatever's happening with the bands or in the world. You know, I know of a show that you went to that you might talk about that I just, what was happening in the world. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, all three of mine, I, I think I kind of factored in different things yeah. towards that. That first one was definitely just because it was such a formative, like, first really huge concert experience uh my second one here i think is probably the one you've been alluding to run the jewels mm. andy my second time seeing yeah, them. this is what i was alluding to just now Ooh, buddy i've seen run the jewels five times uh they're the band i've seen the second most times is death grips number one nope danny brown danny will be brown, number okay. one seen seen danny six times run the jewels the second time i saw them was in tulsa oklahoma at what I thought was going to be Kane's ballroom, but mm. turned out to be the Yeti. Oh. The very small bar attached to Kane's ballroom. Whoa. So, as I said, we had seen Run the Jewels before back in 2013. This was October 18th, 2014. Okay. So, we saw wait, them. Wait, wait, wait. You, you didn't see them during the Ferguson riots? No. You that, that is one. the singular okay. Missouri. Uh, Run the Jewels show that I miss, okay. missed. Actually, that's the one I that think that's I, the only time they've played Missouri that I didn't. see. I mean, them. the clip from that show of Killer Mike's speech has gone viral multiple mm-hmm. times since it happened. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, th- this one was not that. This was in Tulsa. It was a part of like a Red Bull music something or other. It wasn't oh, a yeah, part Red of Bull their Academy. regular tour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the tickets were very cheap. It was in a very small venue. Um, they had just released their second album, which is, you know, Run the Jewels, their mm-hmm. absolute best album. Uh, it's incredible. It's one of the most brutal pieces of, like, rap music uh, recorded in the last decade or so. It's, you can music full stop and you have to qualify with the oh genre. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's so, so fantastic. And uh, we just got to see them at a, an incredibly small venue. Uh, not as small as the first time that we saw them, but this one was a little more special because me and my best bud, Josh, Josh Harbert, uh-huh. living up in Minneapolis now, this was right before he moved away. Mm-hmm. So th- I think this was our last major concert that we got to go to together. And boy, we, you know, we, we just bonded a lot over seeing run the jewels and Danny Brown multiple times and loving their music. And, uh, this time we arrived at the venue pretty early as we do. We got to a Danny Brown show early once and played magic, the gathering on the sidewalk outside of it mm-hmm. until Danny Brown pulled up and waved at us. So cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was really cool. Danny Brown's seen me play magic, the gathering. It's not a big <laughs> deal. But at this show, we decided to have ourselves a little seat outside the venue. We were hours early. Just wanted to chill a little bit. Out walks from the tour bus. Killer Mike himself comes and sits by us. He's puffing on a cigarette. He is talking on the phone with his lovely wife, I assume. 
Um, I want to say something to uh, to uh, Killer Mike really badly, so I ask, "Hey, Killer Mike, you got a cigarette I can borrow?" <laughs> <laughs> I had never smoked a cigarette at this point. I was pretty young, and uh, uh, but I really just wanted to ask him for one. Yeah, and he said, uh, "I don't smoke cigarettes. This is marijuana." <laughs> so uh, Killer Mike was sitting just on a pretty busy Tulsa thoroughfare, like the street that runs in front of Kane's ballroom, just sitting on a bench, smoking a joint. Unreal. Uh, LP, I guess, probably still on the bus. Probably could have gotten a cigarette from him. Yeah. Boy, man. Sig watch. Just, oh my goodness. I, I am so glad I asked him that question. I, it is embarrassing. I shouldn't have interrupted his phone call even. Absolutely not. Uh, it was rude of me, but I did get those kind words from Killer Mike. Sure. I uh, got that response from him. And then after the show, Andy, mm-hmm. Josh and I right up in the front. There's a picture of us from uh, that. I clipped from a run the jewels music video Whoa. of that era uh, where you can see us there. It, it maybe it was like a tour promo video or something. Maybe it wasn't an actual sure. music video. I, I will find that and maybe try and post it. But there's a photo of Josh and I literally like standing in front of the stage with our necks craned up in awe just looking at killer mike and uh, then we got to meet him again after the show where he was smoking another joint in the back of yeah (laughs) the video so uh boy that just such a thrill i i I don't know that i've i yeah i don't think i've ever met uh, a better artist yeah (laughs) like i truly i mean this is kind of of before killer mike was as well known and like he's kind of a famous dude now oh yeah you know, he's very much a spokesperson for a huge movement happening yeah. right now. Yeah. The, <laughs> so. I, you know, the first time we saw him, it was an even smaller place. He was like literally in the audience rapping for most of the show. He wow. j- just right down on the floor. Uh, and I, I really hold all those run the jewel shows in pretty high regard, including the one that I went and saw with you the very last time I saw them. Uh, puked in past guest Aaron's bathroom after that show aaron's been on the show aaron crow oh jason crow she's not jason has not been on jason is jason's husband it was both of their bathroom Mm -hmm. though so the fact still stands uh yeah for some reason i didn't drink anything i i have a slew of concert experiences like that where i i don't know if i'm just so jostled by the sound or staying up late or something but like I'm I'm really not a big concert drinker at all as you know and I I I'll I'll just puke sometimes sure. because the 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 force of the music has has led me there. Yeah. You ever do that? No, I haven't. I haven't vomited in over a decade. It's just, wow. That's that's wild. Yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs> do you miss it? Uh no, not I really. mean I don't do it super often, but <laughs> it is it's kind of nice. Let me tell you. No, I I just I don't I just don't haven't had haven't had occasion to son. When you're I don't know why I called you feeling. son. That's real weird. <laughs> hey, you're really bolstering the uh, the whole old thing. Am I ready for number one? Oh, I sure hope you are, Andy. Or you would do a number three, number two, number two. I didn't already. Oh, that's right. I got a number two. Um, God, this yeah. is gonna be so long. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> We they deserve it. Just <laughs> like sure we do. deserved those yes. great meals. They deserve Absolutely. You can also press stop. Who cares? <laughs> sure. Anytime. All right. Uh so number two, um this may be the one that means the most to me, rather than being the very best show, though it was a very great show. And it's gonna require me to talk about another show first. Dan, February 
2002, wow. New Brew Coffee House saw the band 238, which was a sort of um, Christian-adjacent, uh, almost like a progressive emo band. They were not as emotional as emo bands, but they were kind of sure. really elaborate guitar work and really smart songwriting, that kind of thing. Still love a lot of their music. Uh, it was a big deal that they played here, at least to me at the time. I would have had to have been a sophomore in high school, something like that. Probably had to have my dad or somebody drive me, come pick me up. Might have been 2003. Who knows? Sure. Who cares? Um, I had this... So they were pretty edgy for a Christian band. I, you can plug your ears right now. Um, one of their songs had the line, Credit is a whore in mm. it. That um, was a big, like, you, if you were going to say yeah. something naughty... You could get in, away with yeah. that. Derek Webb did the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Derek Webb said some worse things Dude, in his songs. But. He did. I played that song with that word in it at my high school talent show my senior year, mm-hmm. and I tr- tried out for the talent show with a different song. Ooh. Yeah, and went up and played Ooh. that song. Andy, that's scandalous. <laughs> wow. Didn't get in trouble. Wow. Uh, I, you know, I've done some punk stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> punk, singing a Derek Webb song. Well, it. that one is pretty edgy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty edgy song. It's like a wedding Webb. dress. Anyway, um... The singer's name is this dude named Chris Staples, and I just loved his music so much. Um, he left the band. He also kind of like stopped doing the the Christian thing and went solo, and I just kept following his career and his tastes and you know personality and uh, disposition sort of evolved as mine did over the years, and he wound up putting music that w- putting out music that wasn't exactly like. 238 it was his voice but he also like stopped pushing his voice as hard so it kind of became a little mellower and very like pleasant it's, yeah. it's hard to hard to explain um and he was doing a lot more like singer songwriter guitar stuff so now he plays only under his own name and there was like a group of people uh that stuck around springfield that were really into his music and we sort of knew each other from way back, but it wasn't a bunch of people that hung out or anything. And Chris Staples announced that he was going to be doing a Kickstarter to fund a new album. And one of the thing, one of the tiers on there was if you donated three hundred dollars, he would come and play a show at your house on his next tour if it fit his schedule. Sure. So I was like, man, that would be great. But I was like in college at the time, and obviously didn't didn't have three hundred dollars laying around. Didn't have two pennies to rub together. Yeah, pretty much. No. Um, and so what we did, it was me and uh, Corey, Corey Cowan, who I'm sure doesn't listen to the show, but is still a dude who's around, is a really nice guy, uh, decided that, well, actually, I decided that we needed to have a show, like a benefit show, and Corey volunteered his house, and we kind of planned it together from there. And so we got everybody, got a bunch of bands to play, and we charged money at the door for that show, and then uh, we used, about we got about half of what we needed, sure. and then I... Took a big chunk of my own money. Another guy named Phil Bowles, who I think is still around, um, made a big donation. Anyway, we brought Chris Staples to Springfield. And improbably, um, this is, I don't know, this is like, I feel weird talking about this a little bit, but like we hit it off. (laughs) Like we just had a good time talking and hanging out and eventually became Facebook friends, which isn't like a brag because he has like 2,000 Facebook friends. It's one of those things. But he wound up. Um, oh, so that show, when he eventually came here, that's the show I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It was just in Corey's house. There was about 40 people there. It was another situation where everybody that wanted to, everybody that was there cared so much. It was like so special that he was there. 
because again it was like a very improbable thing he hadn't played there since 2002 so it was like 12 years 13 years since he i remember when you did this it seemed like a pretty big deal we got the poster up on the wall Absolutely. Right, right up above where we're uh, talking right now anyway that show was really special but then he closed with a song called something to break which is like the first track off his first solo album which even then was like a i haven't he hasn't played it since as far as i in any of the shows sure. i've seen since i've probably seen him like another seven times since then anyway um weirdly like we became facebook friends and he would read my movie reviews and he wound up texting me and asking me to write liner notes for his next album which i did oh wow and during that time before he asked or after he asked me to do that he got signed to barsook records which is like a big label and no he got signed. He got signed to, sign to, to Barzuk Records, just like Death Cab for Cutie and stuff. From oh, wow. on the yeah. It's out of Seattle, and it's like one of the coolest things I ever got to do. It was like have my work. They read it on NPR and stuff like that. Oh. You know, it wasn't like credited or anything like that. It didn't matter. But whenever it came on All Songs Considered, and the guy just started straight up reading my copy, like it was in Bob in Bob Voylan's mouth. It's like, wait a second. Are they doing this every time they introduce a band? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, sure. they're just saying this and telling their own impressions of the music. And like, I was very impressionistic and the writing and uh it was real weird that it sounded like it was bob boylan's <laughs> impressions of chris staples music yeah <laughs> but anyway like chris and i've kept in touch he's come and played a couple times uh, we advertised a show that he did in my house like uh, i think it's been close to a year now yeah. um but yeah so that show has been really really special to me uh just still kind of hangs in my like kind of a legendary moment in my head just a thing that i was able to manifest into the world with help from other people wow you know, so that was cool. You were not that, were you? Did you come to that? I was not at that. Okay. No. Have you seen him? I have never shows? seen him. No. Cool. Never seen him. Never listened to 238 either. It was <laughs> just kind of outside of my purview sure. as far as what I was listening to. But Yeah. I mean, they were done in 2003. Sure. That band was done okay. in 2003. So, all right, Dan, you're up. I was barely started. Andy, number one, which I wrote as number three here. My list goes 323. Three gotta be death grips yeah i i racked my brain for a concert that's better than the last time i saw the boys in death grips uh really i'm gonna use this number one spot as an amalgamation of all three of the shows uh 626 2015 at the granada uh 1027 2017 just two days before my birthday mm -hmm. at the uptown theater in kansas city and then most recently at kane's ballroom the absolute best venue in you the, think like, so midwest i would say like the, the I, I think it's the best venue within three hours of us absolutely i mean i really like the starlight as well uh but truly i i don't think there's anything within that like short driving distance that i like more Man, than I'll that country you, western hall just being a I mean, we're both not very tall I like going to the Granada and getting up against that uh, the, sure. the back barrier there. That's exactly what I did at the Granada show. This was my first time seeing them. Uh, it was fantastic. Just a very dark affair. They never have any kind mm -hmm. of opener. They always play for about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes, and they hit the stage exactly when they're supposed mm -hmm. to. Love uh, that. Oh, man. It's so... It's such a cathartic experience. My girlfriend and I were talking about this the other night whenever we were talking about favorite shows together. And there was just nothing else we could come up with. I've seen them all with my lovely girlfriend, uh, Chris Christopherson as Whistler from the Blade movies. Uh, Shay was also at at least two yeah. of those shows with us. Past guest Shay, uh, future guest as well. And uh, also past guest Blake. 
Oh yeah. Was was that uh, every one of those shows with me? At least a few of them I drove up there with. It's an absolutely fantastic concert, buddy. As are yourself, Andy. You and Blake, two of my favorite people. To we had all go to with. one together sometime. We had really ought to. Yeah. Someday. But Andy, there's just something about this last time at Kane's. You know, I I'd only been to Kane's once before, seeing Jack White with you that very same week that we went and saw Radiohead. Yeah. Just like four Crazy. days later, a very both with my friend Cassie. Yeah, absolutely. Who drove down from Kansas City to Tulsa. Oh, that's got to be not a great drive. Yeah, and I just. This last time I saw them, Andy, I was able to break loose in a way that I have never been able to at a concert before. I'm always very burdened by my surroundings at concerts, who I'm there with. And uh, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm burdened by my own psyche. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I have had entire concerts ruined by like something uh concert attendee next to me said i, I went oh, and saw my buddy. morning jacket once we should do top five altercations andy got into oh, concerts I, yeah i've seen a handful of them uh, <laughs> at the jack white show i'm very nice until Lugu somebody show. like encroaches upon my concert ethical guidelines yeah. <laughs> i was i had a you know i went to the starlight once to see my morning jacket with my girlfriend and i was very nervous because it was the first concert we had been to together and I was we were very packed in the starlight seats are kind of small. So I was taking a wide stance and the guy next to me turned to me at a certain point and he said, hey, buddy, can you scoot over? You're pushing us out into the aisle. And Yeesh. that that just like ruined the whole night for me. Yeah, like, I, I can I, imagine. oh, man, I, I still look back on that night uh, as as just playing a bad concert. Also, mm. I didn't really like the set list that they had that <laughs> night, but that's for another day. Yeah, this last Death Grip show, they I I normally do not get into the thick of it, into the pit, as they uh-huh. say. But if there's one place conducive to doing that, it's Canes. It's just all a big, wide open floor. People were actually like very respectful of each other's space. It wasn't like a sweaty mass of people. You had about a foot of room between you and other people because everybody was just kind of collectively letting loose in a very cathartic way to this very abrasive, but also very dancey, very loud, very bassy music. Uh, and also just like kind of a very weird niche group that all these people have bonded over their kind of obtuse lyrics and like weird songs and everything. And man, I, I really took a cue from Blake during that concert. I, he doesn't listen to these tower club episodes. I, I doubt he does, but, uh, he, as someone I've been to a handful of concerts with, I, I saw Radiohead once, once with him in the absolute nosebleeds, like the row of seats before the last row in the sprint center, very high up. And he still lost his mind, like more than people who were down on the floor like he dances he's ready to go and like it's just nice being uh around people who you know have that freedom of expression and uh it made me feel comfortable to do so as as well you know it was just last year that's beautiful yeah and i i hope to carry that to other concert experiences because this one was just like man it it was so so good i'm I'm usually so caught up with like 
it what the other person i'm there with is doing like my girlfriend and i weren't even with each other for this concert uh-huh. she was like in a totally different part because she didn't want to get into it right yeah but she was very supportive of me and uh man just they played 59 minutes and and that was it <laughs> and, and and they i think they fit like 22 songs into that like, a, like a ramon set it, it was so <laughs> so good that's me that's my number one man Andy. My number one is from that trip to Chicago that I mentioned back in 2008, wow. my first major music festival. I had been living in a house with five other guys. I just moved into a little place on my own. So I was sort of like figuring out what I wanted my life to be like. And I found out then that the next three years, we're going to have a whole lot of music festivals because mm-hmm. of how great this first one was. And a big part of it was because of this one day. Now, the headliners at that festival that year, um, the top four artists on the bill were number one, Radiohead, number two, Rage Against the Machine, the first reunion tour. They've been a really important band to me. Then uh, Kanye West and Nine Inch Nails. Which oh, so I, pretty good, you would say. Pretty good, oh, yeah. Okay. And I split. I, I was like, this is, who cares? We're an hour and a half in, doesn't matter. Uh, Kanye West and Nine Inch Nails played at the same time on the last day of the festival, Sunday night. Sure. So like, I was like, okay, I would love to see Kanye West. And uh, the, the two stages are about a mile apart, oh, like wow. north and yeah. south of the, on the grounds. Never been to one that big. It's so big. Those, those are just the two main stages. Yeah. There's like six others. Um, so that night I, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till Nine Inch Nails plays, plays closer. I was like, I, this band is probably going to be more interesting to see. Mm-hmm. They played closer fourth. Yep. Their biggest song. They played fourth in the set. It's like, okay, I'm going to go see what Kanye West is going, is up to. Uh, and he was up to a lot. It was his first show Absolutely. since his mom had died and, uh, had an orchestra on the stage. It was incredible. Pretty was, legendary show. Just as yeah. far as like shows go, you mm-hmm. don't actually need to be Andy to know about yeah. that show. Yeah. I know about that beyond him. Uh, I saw him again. Um, one of the few shows he did for my beautiful talk director at fantasy. Also one of his most and, uh, famous shows. I saw that show standing right next to David Hasselhoff. While oh, really? da- yeah. While David Hasselhoff, <laughs> um, scrolled through pictures on his phone, um, from a, like a beach trip. He went with the woman he was with. <laughs> They were just like looking at. I'm, they did it for a good forty minutes awesome. in the middle of the set. That's I mean, incredible. It, it wasn't awesome whenever you wanted to pay attention to what Kanye West was doing yeah, twenty but, feet from you. Yeah, but you got a good story. It though. is a good story. Anyway, so uh, whenever you go to a music festival, the music runs from like eleven a.m. to ten a.m. If it's one in a city where there's a curfew, so Chicago Bonnaroo it stops at like four or five in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you sleep for an hour if yeah. you're able to sleep at all, and then it's a hell on earth. It's horrible. Don't go. Um, Lollapalooza, you get out of the grounds at like ten o'clock, and so that Raging the Machine show was like a somewhat legendary thing too because they had to stop the set multiple times because the crowd was so mm-hmm. uh, aggressive. And I was right in the middle of it, not being aggressive, but you've heard me say this a thousand times. And so it's just about anybody who's talking yeah. to me about concerts, but I could let my body go limp and remain yeah. vertical. There's the, a the pancake crush, that yeah, happens the, at something like the that. The crush was so strong yeah. and it was just, the smell was horrible. It's truly it just, a dangerous experience. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason they had to stop the mm-hmm. set. And this is Rage Against the Machine, like saying, okay, okay, <laughs> we, we will finish our set. <laughs> Actually, let's rewind. We are going to, you, you're going to need to do what we tell you yes, real quick, uh-huh. actually. So let's take uh, that back. <laughs> well, it was interesting because from where I was, I was I was pretty close. You could see Perry Farrell, you know, from mm-hmm. Jane's Addiction to Organ. Well, in the beginning, organized all the plays sure. back there, like visibly fretting, oh. um, just stressed out. Because sure. I'm sure it looked even worse if you're yeah, looking out yeah, from the stage. Yeah, I, it didn't help that um, at the time it was uh, whenever. Um, 
Barack Obama was running for office and uh, Reg, uh, Zach De La Roca says, now, now we like Obama, but if he doesn't do the, the things he says he's going to do, we're going to burn Chicago to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> so he was um, not doing his part to yeah. not inside violence, I yeah. think. <laughs> we were at uh, South by Southwest whenever uh, That's right. Tyler, the creator, incited a quote unquote yeah. riot. Who knows oh, yeah. I, what, what you call a riot? Um, yes, we were. Um, I was actually there the year before that and saw Odd Future Wolfgang kill them all. And it was horrible. Just yeah. one of the worst shows oh, I've yeah. ever seen Doesn't in my seem entire like a life. Great experience. Yeah, really terrible. They hadn't figured out how to speak into microphones yet. <laughs> they really hadn't. No, no. They were just yelling yeah. like this straight into the mic. <laughs> Everybody was doing it. Yeah, like most of them are like famous so now bad. and have mic handling skills. And Ooh, it was gnarly. Uh, anyway, um, so Raging Against the Machine ends 10 o'clock. And I had one ticket to see one of my favorite bands, Archival River, play an after show. These, mm-hmm. I mean, I say favorite band. At the time, this was like my number one band. I loved these guys so much. And I'd seen them earlier in the day at one of the medium-sized stages, and there was probably like 20,000, 30,000 people watching. I think it's like between 80 and 100 goes to go to Lollapalooza. Sure. And probably 20 or 30 were watching Archival River during the day. And they were all dressed up in you know, suits and stuff. They, they're suits without jackets. They took their jackets off. It was really hot, but... Anyway, you know, like six or seven people in the band. Charles Bissell from the Wrens was playing guitar with them at the time. And weirdly, okay, so the point is I, I had tickets. I won a ticket to get this sold-out after show. This place called Shuba's, and I think the capacity at Shuba's like 150 or 200. And this is a band that thousands of people came to see sure. earlier in the day. So, you know, demand was really high. And I tried, tried to get tickets to it and didn't get them. And then won them through the venue, a contest for the venue, wow. a radio station or something. And my name, you know, I had faith that my name was going to be on the will call, and it was when I got there, thankfully. But I didn't have transportation in Chicago, so I was doing public transit, and this place was like 12 miles away or something. So I had to do a bus and then a train and then a bus (laughs) to get to Shuba's, which is like on the north side. And uh, I was so beat already. Keeping in mind 90 minutes of Rage Against the Machine, just actually getting physically pummeled. I, I would go to bed. Yeah. Well... It's bedtime I, after that. I was, I used to actually be immortal. Like I could just do stuff. I can't imagine doing anything like that now. Um, but I, I, I would just be able to do it. Oh, I mean, if a show starts now at, at like midnight, I, I want to yeah. just bash my head in the wall. Death Grips starts their shows at eight p.m. Andy. That rules. When the ticket says, and that's when they come on stage. Eight p.m. That's so great. That's so awesome. And that's from, like, <laughs> the most punk band there is. Yeah. <laughs> well, showing up on time is punk. Yes. Um, okay, so I am in communication with my mistress right now. I want to do Girl Talk Part 2, but she was taking a while to respond. Oh. So, you know, one of my mistresses. Sure. <laughs> Maybe the main mistress. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's, there it is. This is such a good part. All oh. right, let's do it. Let's, says, do, let's quickly break the Girl Talk Part 2. Squirrel nut zippers. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's told me that story before. It sounded like a really fun show. That sounds like an awesome show. All right. So I get there at about 1120. You know, it's taken me 80 minutes to get out of the venue Mm because you got to funnel those thousands of people out of there. There's a lot of ways to get out. It's not that big a deal, but you got to wait forever to get onto the train. At least it feels like forever if you're, you know, trying to get across town. So I get there and they are... In my memory, I walk in and they start 
and I was already not totally sure that my name would actually be on the list. I was, oh, did I get scammed yeah. or whatever? And um, I did not get scammed. I got in. You ever been scammed out of a ticket? No, I have not of you. Me neither. No, no thankfully. I've scammed some people, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, like I said, this is one of my absolute favorite bands. At this time, I think they were their fifth album was just about to come out. If you're a fan of the band, you know they went on this run. They have this album called Black Sheep Boy and the stage names and the stand-ins. And those last two are sort of um, sort of a part one and part two. They came out a year apart. They were related. Mm. They're like showbiz stories kind of thing. Right up my alley in a bunch of different ways. Um, they also had a song called The Westfall, which has been really important to me. Do you know the song? I don't. It's really important to me and my friends. It's like a it's a song about a murder. I'm unfamiliar in, with them entirely. Oh, okay. Is it okay. like O K K E R V I L? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's to call it folk isn't exactly right, but it's a very kind of like sort of abrasive uh, singer songwriter music. Sure. With they used to have a little bit of like an old timey instrument like instrumentation, but they sort of moved away from that to mm. more just like traditional rock stuff. It's become a solo project now. It's no longer a band. It's just like one guy with session musicians. Oh, okay. It's not the same thing that it used to be. Anyway, this time they were a rock band. And the dude walks up on stage. His name is Will Chef. He's just a full-on genius. Like, person you hear him speaking, it's like, oh, this guy has like a quadruple-digit IQ, <laughs> which is not a thing. But So he gets up and he, he looks exhausted. And he just says, you know, we played Lollapalooza today. They were on at like 1 p.m. in the heat. Mm-hmm. And he was drinking during that set. Sure. And he... I don't remember everything word for word, but he was just like, I had kind of been dreading playing this show tonight and because we played earlier in the day. It was a really big deal for us to play for that many people. I don't know if we ever played for that many people before. But then I was just walking into the space today. We played on the stage before, and then I realized that that wasn't the show. This is the show. Like, this is the people who care the most. Aww. And, like, I'm, like, tearing up thinking about it right now because, like, I knew the student minute. Like, this wasn't a pandering That's thing. So this rad, was, like, rad. Because I've seen them... I think five times since then, nothing like that. Sure. I've seen him play in his hometown and not give a speech like that before a show. I've, I've seen artists play two different towns and give the same speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still believe to this day that he meant what oh, he yeah. said. No, absolutely. He came up by himself and he, he started played the song called uh, The War Criminal Rises and Speaks, which they rarely play. It's so like initially, I like knew it's like, oh wow, this is not a thing. That sure. It's like you know, we keep track of set lists. It's the oh, thing yes. you and I both do. I'm, I miss going on set list FM to look up concerts. I'm about to go to so badly. Mm-hmm. I miss. Oh, it. I it's hate so it. fun, so fun. Ugh. Oh, I still look up stuff I've been to. Like I was doing that. Yeah. The the rabbit hole that I went down to come up with stuff for this episode just just hours because yeah. I've had the time as part of it. But anyway, um. They played for a solid two hours, maybe a little bit longer. So they did not finish until after 1.30 in the morning. And they just were adding songs and discussing what to play next. And it was that kind of thing. Wow. And again, like everybody there was just so thrilled to be in that room during that show. And there, he, he also did the speech that was like, look, our, our album leaked. And so we haven't been playing the songs from the new album. Because it's just like, if he, 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 he compared it to like being a kid who figures out what their Christmas present is sure. under, under the tree before Christmas. And he's like, oh, we're just like, we didn't feel great about it leaking and stuff. We're just going to do some anyway. And so they played like three songs from this album that hadn't come out yet. They played the song Blue Tulip, which has become since then like a huge sure. show closer track. And they played Archival River song, which is one of my... It, uh, anyway, it was one of the best shows ever. It just felt like a special 
moment, like a very much a lightning in a bottle. There's I, there's two clips of it on the internet that I found. Oh, really? The set list does not exist. As far as I could not sure. track it down on yeah. the internet, it's not on set I've list. I've got a few of those. That FM. I found, I, I remembered some of the songs. I remember them playing Blue Tulip, and I remembered they closed with Archive of Wherever Song. They played Westfall again, even though they played it at the set before. The set list for the earlier show in the day is there because, you know, tons and tons of people mm-hmm. are at the show. Anyway, that's my number one. I don't even, I, I love those first five albums, but I haven't been a huge fan of that band in a long time. Sure. But that, I just think about that show all the time. You know, that's that's a platonic ideal of a concert for me. Man. And I've had shows that are really important because of the people that I've been with too, you know? But I've been to so many and it's such a huge part of my life, probably the biggest part of my life as far as what gives me pleasure, like going and experiencing mm-hmm. something that's only going to happen in that space the one time you know that that's that's what i love more than anything and so it's so hard to just pick three. Oh man it was very hard i i i also spent a minute on it and uh came up with a long list of honorable mention yeah. long list of like weirdest and worst concerts too which i would love to get into yeah sure but i do have a hard out of oh you do right now <laughs> to go pick up my lovely girlfriend so <laughs> i think i'm not going to i did allude to a concert earlier that i was going to talk about uh my first huge stadium show of uh-huh. course was uh nickelback in <laughs> tulsa oklahoma at the bok center i've seen uh i've seen the band that everybody regards as the worst band guarantee it wasn't the worst show i've seen they were perfectly fine if you like that uh jockstrap rock uh it, it, it is what it is and it was what it was and boy did i want to impress a girl that liked nickelback and uh also not a great move <laughs> my first was uh in uh, 1998 audio adrenaline orange county supertones jennifer knapp really uh jennifer knapp would later reveal some information about herself that got her ostracized from her community mm. somewhat not somewhat but entirely unjustly sure uh also a great show Weirdly great album that uh, they were touring to some kind of zombie. Christian Band tried to make a Smashing Pumpkins album, and you know what? They did a pretty good job of it. That sounds awesome. I mean, (laughs) it's probably better than the Christian Smashing Pumpkins albums. (laughs) (laughs) Which are those? (laughs) The bad ones. Okay. Anyway. Hour and forty minutes for hour a Tower and Club 40 episode, and uh, we've generated so much content this week. <laughs> too much. Oh my god, over four hours of content I'm for nothing. a Tower Club listeners. Wow, and uh, I really was not kidding whenever I said I do have to go right now. Springfield Media. <laughs>